Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Discipleship class, and we're studying scriptures, and I find that studying God's word affects my life by bringing scripture to my life every day. And I find it gives me a humbleness throughout the day and also strengthens me as I find that I'm drawing closer to God. Hi, my name is Heather and I'm part of the Evening Disciple Fast Track class. And I believe that studying God's Word brings me closer to God. It helps my relationship with Him, but also um, helps me to grow closer to the people I attend church with. Hi, my name's April, and I'm also in the morning discipleship class. And I find God is just all the time inviting us into His Word. I feel lucky we've been talking about Israelites and whatnot, and I think God's Word is at our fingertips all the time. And the more time I personally spend in the Word, um, the more I get acquainted with God's voice, and I know what it sounds like. So when I'm in the thick of life, um, I hear His voice, and I know that He's calling me to something better. Hi, I'm Charlie. I attend the uh, Bible Disciple class. Question is, is, is how does studying God's Word strengthen my faith? And it's important for me to, to look at God's Word and see exactly what is said and what is meant there. It's important because each of us can determine what those words mean to us in our own separate lives. And it's so relevant to actually what goes on in our lives today. Class has been good, and I hope that you'll take one in the future. Oh God, we come to you. We come to you in the midst of celebration. Celebrating bringing new people into the life of your church. Celebrating the work of the Holy Spirit celebrating the work of the whole church as we strive to be faithful disciples of yours. So God, we ask that at this time that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, when I was growing up, I used to watch a television show on PBS guy by the name of Bob Ross. Anybody familiar with this guy here? Yeah, the Joy of Painting, I think, was the name of his, of his uh, show. And, and he, recently, if you have Netflix, he has several episodes available on Netflix for you to watch. And I love it. We, we've like almost watched all of the episodes that are on Netflix right now. But to me, Bob Ross was a magician. I mean, the way that he would have a, a blank canvas, and then in the span of 20 to 22 minutes, he would have a masterpiece. He would spend time just painting, and you were just in awe about the work that he was able to do. That's what we've been trying to do here over the past 
four weeks. As we've been talking about stewardship and how, how God is using our tithes and offerings and our, our service to, to, to paint a picture, to paint a picture of God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we started out by showing a video of the work that our church helped out with with the senior center here in Roy City. If you were familiar, several weeks ago, they received word that they had to leave the senior center because the floor had asbestos and they were removing the floor. And there was a possibility that the seniors in our community would not have lunch for a whole week. And for a lot of those seniors, this was the only time or really the only meal that they had during the week. So we opened up the youth room. We had several congregation members come together and provide meals for them for a whole week. And we celebrated that work. Then last, then three weeks ago, we had a video of our our kids talking about how their church, which is this church, is important to them. And how they are growing in their faith and discipleship because you love them and you care for them. Last week it was about our youth. And they talked about the food. They talked about more than food, but that was something that was important to them. But it's also just the love and support that they get and receive from all of you. And how you are continuing to build them as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we wanted to lift up our small group ministry, which is growing. We have a brand new young families class that have started, the disciple classes. We have about 15 to 20 people that will show up either in the morning or in the evening on Wednesdays to to learn about God's word. And, And that's because of the work that we do. It's because of your tithes and your offerings that allows us to be in ministry the way God calls us to be in ministry. So why is this important? Why is painting a picture important? Well, because we have such great power through the Holy Spirit, and with that power becomes responsibility. Now, I know some of you may be superhero people, and you like superhero movies. You know that you may be familiar with that line from the Spider-Man movies. You know, Uncle Ben used to tell Peter Parker this. That with great power comes great responsibility. But see, that line comes way before Peter Parker and way before Uncle Ben. Those are words from Jesus in Scripture. Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Those words have echoed throughout history. Voltaire used those words in the period of enlightenment. Even Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt used those words during World War II. And we are reminded now that as a church, we are given much. The question is, what will we do with what we have been given. Several years ago, I read a book called The Tangible Kingdom. And in that book, it asked a question. And I think it's a question that we need to pose to ourselves as a growing and thriving congregation. Pretend for a moment 
that our church has 50% of its budget to give directly to the needs of the community, what would you do? Think about it. If we had 50% of our budget totally directed to give the needs of our community, what would we do? What kind of mark would we leave on our church? What kind of mark would we leave on our community? That question is echoed in Scripture. As we take a look at our word for today, which comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 5 through 9. I invite you to follow along on your Bibles or the words will be printed on the screen. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul. He writes, This is why I thought it was necessary to encourage the brothers to go to you ahead of time and arrange in advance the generous gift you have already promised. I want it to be a real gift from you. I don't want you to feel like you're being forced to give anything. What I mean is this. The one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. And the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. As it is written, he scattered everywhere. He gave to the needy. His righteousness remains forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wanted to take this scripture and break it down just a little bit as we close our stewardship series today. Remember, we've been looking at a sermon from John Wesley called The Use of Money, who reminded us to, to earn all we can, to gain all we can, to save all we can, and to give all we can. So that is our focus today, is to give all we can. Paul writes in this way. He says, I want it to be a real gift from you. I don't want you to feel like you're being forced to give anything. In the church, we talk about the standard of giving being the tithe. That's 10% of, of what you have, giving it to the church. And this is something that was laid way before this time, way back in the time of Abraham as he gave 10% to the high priest. So we see that it was followed as the church grew and as the church moved forward. Last week, I shared a verse from Malachi that said that God challenged us to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that we could see the blessings of God. That reminded me of a woman from a previous congregation. She... uh, lived part of her life with her kids in a battered woman shelter. And as she became free from those chains that were around her, she became a teacher and was just a joyful person in the church. And she did anything and everything she could 
to serve. And she gave what she could. But one day we received word that the church was not able to afford to have a second pastor on staff, so Tracy and I would have to move on to another congregation. And I remember the day she came to my office. And Tracy and I were there, and she she just broke down crying. She felt horrible because she stopped giving. She said, Chris, you don't understand. Bills are are tight. I, I, I just can't do it. And I had to put my resources other, and I feel bad because I didn't give. You're going to have to leave. And I told her, I said, that's not the case. It is not because you aren't able to give that that we have to leave. You are being faithful with what you have. So she was still giving just a little bit, but she thought that because she wasn't giving her full 10%, that that meant that we had to move on. Next part of the scripture, it says that we should give without hesitation or because of pressure. Because God loves a cheerful giver. In another congregation, there was a woman by the name of Heather. Heather was an older woman in the congregation. She was in retirement age. And I always noticed that when it was time for offering, she was grinning from ear to ear as she had the opportunity to place something in the offering plate. One Sunday I asked her, why is it that you just light up when it's time to give the offering? And she says, Chris, because it knows that because I know at that time I am contributing to the body of Christ. I am giving what I have so more people can know about who Jesus is in their life and they can grow in faith so that we can continue to make a difference in the community around us. So that's what giving is all about. It isn't about keeping track if you're definitely at the 10% of your tithe, or maybe you're giving 5 or 4%, but it's about being faithful and knowing that even if you can't give a full tithe, that you are being faithful with what God has given to you, that it will make a difference Not only in the church, but it will make a difference in your life because you can see the work that God is doing through your giving. Finally, the last part of our passage says, As it is written, he scattered everywhere. He gave to the needy. His righteousness remains forever. See, the good news, my friends, is that it's not up to us. Jesus Christ is the great sower. And God continues to invite us to be a part of the work that God is doing in our community and in our church and in the world around us. God is still going to sow seeds God is still going to heal those who are in need. God is still going to have his righteousness remain forever. When we give faithfully, we're just taking his invitation to be a part of his great work. And we get to share in what God is already doing.
It is a blessing to be able to gain all that we can. I, I, I love being able to gain more and more as long as it's not in the expense of myself or my family or an expense of my neighbors. It's a blessing to save all that we can too. As long as we're not saving so that we can build up more and more stuff that we don't need, but it is to guard ourselves from those selfish desires around us. And my friends, it is a blessing to give all that we can. Because first and foremost, we must remember that it's not really ours. It's God's. And God has allowed us the opportunity to be stewards of his good and perfect gifts. So my friends, as we move into our time of blessings, as we move into our time where we return our tithes and offerings and we turn our pledges for next year, let us give thanks. Let us give thanks that God has blessed us tremendously. Let us give thanks that we can share what God has given us with others. Let us pray. Dear God, you have given us so much. And as we take this opportunity to return our tithes and offerings to you, and as we have this opportunity to return our pledges to you, we ask that you help us to remain faithful. Give us ways to use all of our gifts to bless others as you have blessed us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.